Brayshaw. And then Barry sets over the 50. Not ideal service unless, of course, you pick it. It got through to him, and there's the first goal. It's a goal of 28 seconds. The danger was in it, and there's another strike. And the smile is wide as you like. That's four for Melbourne. Jones has played the villain. He gets slammed into the turf. The siren sounds. Melbourne flex their muscles at the MCG for all to see. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by Hop Hen Brewing in Lillardale. And now, Simo, welcome first, but we've got to segue into this. And now we are extremely excited to announce our second sponsor for the show, Valley Electrical Group. Brendan and the boys down there have agreed. We're very excited. They're coming on as a sponsor of the show. Brendan's a big demons man. So we want to say welcome to the Attention to Detail family. And yeah, how exciting to yeah have another mob to... Yeah, be able to promote another great local business. They did some work around the shed at my joint not too long ago, which, yeah, hopefully will kind of morph into the podcast studio. But, yeah, very exciting news to start off, Simo. But most importantly, how are you, mate? How are you travelling? Travelling okay. I mean, unfortunately, well, it's Wednesday now, time of recording. But, yeah, not, I'm well, a bit unwell today, a bit under the weather. But um, hopefully the day off with a bit of rest will get me back into it. But, Right, mate, look, we've uh, knocked off a contender, which is you know, something pretty amazing. And also thank you to our new sponsor being on board. I've actually got some work that does need to be done in the garage, a new PowerPoint um, to get the laundry done. So it'll be uh, perfect timing. Um, but look... Expect a quote in the mail. <laughs> expect a quote. St Kilda, I mean, it was, one of, it was one of those teams where I was sort of, you know, wanting to verse. I think just being able to get out there and, you know, flex their muscles against them was pretty cool. And, you know, it's going to be cool to unpack the game and, you know, fine t- you know, fine tune what was going on. And, yeah, what do you think, mate? It was it was a, sort of one of those games where, you know, we took control really early and then, you know, they sort of ebbed and flowed. They got back kind of not really into the game closely, but, you know, they sort of, you know, started pegging away a little bit. But to me, watching the game, I just felt, we're in control still the whole time. I mean, a lot of reporters are saying, you know, how yeah, the Saints did, they stacked up against the Ds. But, you know, if you look at it from this lens where it was, what, 56 to 9 to end result, you know, it's probably only a nine-point difference between the end result. So, yeah. yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no, it was – I think the build-up and the hype around the game leading into it, you know, I think the Thursday footy show – no, sorry, what was it? The – no, fuck, here we go. It's a good start. You know, they were pumping it up as the match of the round, so they were really looking forward to a top four kind of contest with Saints who have been playing some great footy. And, yeah, D's a little bit. I think it was Geordie Lewis that might have put it out there that the D's potentially haven't played anyone of note. And you think you look at the victories that we've had and the games we've played this season, they're all against teams that were good last season. Now, they haven't, you know, you're looking at your GWS, your Richmond, Western Bulldogs. Surprise packets in terms of the lack of success that they've had so far. I wouldn't say that we've gone to play no one. We haven't played nobody's. It's not our fault. We don't do the fixturing. So it was an interesting narrative heading into the game. But the game was over at quarter time. I think the way that we were able to come out and have a really strong start, 28 seconds it took Cozzy to put the first goal on the board. And we can talk about his first quarter. But I think, yeah, to be able to just to remind the competition of how good we are, and 
yeah, like I, I think the the media just love to have a little bit of a jab at where we might have been sitting and that we've had a pretty cruisy run to being 7-0 so far. But I think that was a nice little reminder that we can play anyone and beat them at, 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 at any time. So, yeah, it was an exciting game. Mother's Day, of course, and a really important day for all families. And it's it's a tough day to watch the footy. I didn't get around to seeing the entire game until afterwards. I got to watch the second half live, but it was one of those things where, yeah, the second half was interesting. You talked about the Saints' momentum certainly changed in the second half. And they were able to, yeah, make a bit of leadway into the third quarter. Never looked like taking the game, but certainly tried to change a couple of things up. But, I mean... Yeah, I'd say the Hawthorne game was obviously a much closer contest than the St Kilda game. That I think Hawthorne got a lot of rap out of their game against us. Some media are looking at St Kilda as, yeah, they had some successes against the club, but then other other journalists are sort of saying, well, not really. Brett Rutten's come out and said that the things that he tried didn't work. So it was interesting to not even choose to tag Ed, Lang- Ed Langdon and then you look at the game that he's just had so some interesting tastic- tactics there but yeah to get away with the what was it in the end 35 38 point win in the end I think was round about the mark I think where it belonged I don't think yeah anything more would have been yeah maybe a bit of an overstep and anything under probably would have flattered the Saints a bit completely agree it's yeah it was one of those games where as I said before it's you know, it was just a bit of a muscle flex. And to me, we I'd happily say we played four quarters of footy. I think we'll probably minus the, the third quarter, really. I think just more our attacking game was kind of, you know, not really there. And it's interesting to hear, or sorry, see, because, you know, knowing that we hadn't lost a third quarter all year, St Kilda had only lost one. So, you know, it's going to be a pretty heated contest. You know, being up by 35 at halftime, expecting a response. Um, which, to be honest, I think we did. I think we kind of weathered the storm. I think for them to only kick three, three or four goals for the quarter to our one or two potentially, um, you know, still hats off, I think. And the way we finished the game was pleasing too. I think Harms was able to hit the scoreboard late. And, yeah, it was good to see. It definitely was, yeah. It was nice to see Harms. He kind of, yeah, really put the nail in the coffin, kicking a couple of back-to-back goals there in that last few minutes of the match and and really kind of drive home that victory because you're right at certain points in the third quarter it's i think they got within 22 points so within striking distance 100 percent. but it was yeah in our minds and i'm sure other demon fans would have been feeling the same never in doubt whatsoever but lots of things that we can love about the game and we're going to go over those things in our next segment credit to the boys back into the game so um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front, and I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the boys. All right, Zemo. Well, plenty to love about the game. Dees were sitting eight and zero, clearly on top of the ladder. And, yeah, a fantastic game against the Saints on Sunday afternoon, a 1-10 game, which would have been, yeah, lovely to get to. Still got a decent crowd, actually, just, just getting to let's let's uh, let's, give, <laughs> let's give credit to... Well, first of all, let's give credit to all the mums out there. What a fantastic job that they all do, and it was a nice day to sort of celebrate them. And, yeah, the fact that they got 35,000, 36,000 at the G is incredible. So hats off to them because I know that... Yeah, the AFL only playing the two games as well, too, on the Sunday, which has been a little bit unusual. They went opted for the doubleheader on the Friday night 
as well, just to try and alleviate some of that. Back to the D's game. First half, game was over. I mean, I, I called it earlier. I said game was practically over at quarter time. Again, managed to restrict the Saints to zero goals in the first quarter, <laughs> right up until like literally the last yeah, the last tick of the siren on the uh, quarter time where memory kicks it straight into Petty's finger on the quarter time siren. How much would you be bleeding as if you're Brett Ratton that you do that? Just a catch like, killer of those things, oh, isn't it? Is this something that's, imagine. yeah. Oh, especially from like, what, 15, 20 out directly in front. Yeah, yeah no like doubt. It's a, yeah, interesting <laughs> one. Uh, It'd be but, funny to hear it. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think just with the the way that the Ds are able to yeah, dominate that first quarter. I think Pickett, again, for the second week in a row, has really set the tone early. Mentioned before, 28 seconds, just a couple of beautiful crumbing goals. He had the eight touches early as well too, which is you know getting right up there with his, yeah, adding to his total disposal count. I think he finished with 14 in the end, and 12 of those were contested, which is crazy. Equaled his career high for contested possessions. 14 of them... 14 of his total, total possessions, 12 of them were contested. Like, what a massive effort there. thought Oliver and the midfield brigade were amazing in that first half. Again, just lifting himself to new heights as well too. And I thought Vine and Petrarca complimented him really well as well too. But Oliver had, especially in that second quarter, you look at him, he had the 11 touches as well as five clearances. So both of them, like four more than any player in that quarter, which I thought was outstanding. And the contested ball. Now, we lost a few stats on the weekend. We lost the hitouts, We lost clearances. But the contested ball, and especially early, you look at the contested ball winners that we had. Oliver had 17. Track had 16. And we've already talked about Pickett having 12. Brasher and Langdon both had 10. So I just think that between that and the forwards that we have, we were just able to blast them away. And yes, they were able to try and chip away at it in that third quarter. But the game was essentially done. What do you think? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it was just a complete muscle flex. Um, I just think, yeah, the first quarter and a half were completely in control and, you know, still hitting the scoreboard as well. And I think they only kicked their second goal with maybe eight or nine minutes left in the second quarter. So, yeah, well, um, all over them. They, yeah, they couldn't get a look in at all. I think just, you know, the way May and Lever set up and, you know, the whole whole team defence goes about their way. I think it's just, you know, just perfect ingredient for restricting sides. And look again, mate, we've kept another side under 60. And this is a side that's been hitting the scoreboard pretty heavily as well. So, you know, full, full, you know, kudos to our defensive pressure and credit to the know, boys. Would you say? Oh, well, pretty much. Um, that's <laughs> one way of putting it. Words there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was. I was, um, yeah, a little bit lost. Maybe I'm still a little bit headachy from uh, yeah. Monday night. Copped a nice yeah. one in the Schnozer. So, oh, very good. Yeah, but anyway, in, in basketball, obviously that is not in footy. basketball. Yes, yeah. correct. No, we don't talk about footy from the weekend. <laughs> Um, let's let's go on about the Wingers Club. And well, the formerly known as Wingers, yeah. Wingers Club, and that's Langdon and Brayshaw. And look, I tell you what, that that game that Langdon's played, like, who was playing on him? He's had thirty nine, thirty nine touches. And look, you've you've popped in there, hundred percent game time again. And to go with to go with his you know his old mate Gussie Brayshaw, thirty one. But look, mate, have you heard? You've heard the little sneaky word that Salem is back at training. Um, this poses. This poses. A real interesting selection dilemma. Now, on the week in the week on the weekend, we only had two premiership players out, and that's Salem and Hibbard. All right now, Salem comes back into that side. There's no no you know no second thoughts about that. When he's yeah. ready, yeah. Who does he come in for? Where does he play? What do you think? It's yeah, it's a really hard one. I think that 
with Brayshaw now, do you, it's hard to tell him that Thank thanks for your service down there. You've done an incredible job. You've you know, excelled expectations of what we would have had sending you down there. But I just don't think that you can remove him from there right at this second. He is just, he is in all Australian form as a backman, considering his role change that he had in a premiership year last year on the wing. And his defensive work, we, we know how incredibly defensively minded he was as a winger and his ability to be able to get back and help out those those backs was outstanding. But now he's been able to elevate that to the next level and really kind of own that position. I don't think you can change that. We were just chatting before about like Hunt and Rivers and you're looking at the other ones that play up back there. Hunt has been doing an, a really great lockdown job on small forwards all season. He hasn't put a foot wrong in that sense. And the fact that you might not notice him is maybe a good thing because his opponents haven't been getting off the string. Like you look at Higgins, look at Butler, both dangerous small forwards. Higgins had a bag of Yeah, Higgins had a bag of five the other week. And Butler we know has has been able to get on the tear every now and then. So it's a really tough one. Oh do you try and find another spot for Salem somewhere? Are you rotating him through do they, yeah, do they try and push him a little bit further upfield? We know Salem's kicking is a huge asset of his, and that's well, something He's our that, best kick. Yeah. He's 100% our best kick yeah. in the side. Um, he's he's a, he's a general. We always look for him. And now oh, with Gus Brayshaw doing the same thing now, we're looking to get at his hands because he kicks it left and right. So... Yeah, it poses a really interesting one, and it's one of those ones where, you know, I just hope that Salem's body's right and he's ready to go, and you know, he obviously, you know, accepts whatever role comes his way. And, yeah. you know, and I think just the way the team is, I think anyone going into a particular role, you know, is more than happy to do so for the team. Would you agree that almost every transition off halfback, it's, it goes through Gus? Like he literally yeah. has a touch. <laughs> Gus to Langdon. Yeah. <laughs> but it, Langdon. it's literally, it's everything's funneled through him. Yes, it might start at May or Petty. And I really want to talk about Petty. They do look on. for him a lot. They, they do. They no, look for him. Yeah, he's, probably, and, he's probably leading the marks ever since he's gone back there. He, and obviously, Salem went down round one. But it, he'd be up there in the league with marks. I 66 uncontested marks this season, ranked number one in the league. There you go. That's work rate. Yeah. That's work yeah. rate to get to a position for yeah. us to, you know, and the biggest thing, like I find, you know, in playing footy myself, you know, if you've got control of the footy, then obviously, you know, how's the other team going to be able to score? Um, but then, you know, he's he's a player that, you know, he drops back in the holes, he intercept marks as well, um, which is kind of taken away from Lever actually this year. Is, yeah. Which is really interesting. yeah, you're right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, then um, I feel like just, yeah, his ability to find a mark as well was pretty exceptional. Like he uses it pretty well. Um, which you know again helps us set up and you know helps us create that defensive you know structure we have. You know we're able to you know kick a particular kick and then obviously our defense rolls up. And it was interesting an interesting um, quote which actually my coach reminded me of um, on sorry on yeah last night at footy training saying that you know Stephen May on the couch talking about Petrarca and they're up by sixty points and you know he didn't try hard enough on defense and. Stevie May's blasting him with like five minutes to go in the grand final. Like, you know, there's little things like that. And then, you know, it's going to be instilling, you know, into our game. And, you know, I think we just have that trust in one another. And, yeah, it's pretty exceptional to hear that sort of stuff. It's amazing. And I think with Brayshaw as well, too, his just ability to read the ball and make the right play at the right time. How many 
marks going back with the flight has he been taking for a bloke that's had the history that he has with concussion mm-hmm. and he does it he's done it game you know week in week out this season even like and a couple of outstanding acts of courage between him and Langdon as well too really personifies I think what this football club is standing up for now and I think we talked about our, our identity it's taken years to build it's taking the premiership but I, I was listening to I can't remember who it was on the radio. It might have been SEN the day before, the day after. And said, or was it Nick Rewell? I can't remember who it was. They said last year, Melbourne played like they thought they were a good team. Like they weren't quite sure how good they were. Mm. And this year they're playing like they know they're a good team. He said there's a certain arrogance about it, but it's not It's not an arrogance of, like he says, it talks about it's a swagger. It's... It's an ability to, I suppose, stand up in the competition on the contest. They know when to turn it on, when to lift around their teammates, but it's not being dickheads about it. If you know, like mm-hmm. we go about it the right way, I think, and it's one of these things that I think that the club, the coaching panel, everybody that's been there, that's instilled this culture in the club, it's certainly bled out and it's drip fed from the top down. And I think that Angus Brayshaw. You think about his performance so far this season, I think there'll be a lot of fans out there that would agree with us to say that he really embodies what this football club kind of means to everyone at the moment and and the way that we are playing. Yeah, completely agree. And look, look that's this is one thing where I did, I'm just God, I'm just hoping he resigns. He he's too he means too much to this football club and you know, a little thing like, you know, the Gus and Gorney podcast, you know, that those little things and like yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. He, you know, he's a demon. He's a, he's a, he's a true. He's the best representation, probably second to Max, I reckon. Yeah. And at the club, he's, you know, he's, you know, he's a bit of a larrikin. He's, you know, he's very well respected. He's, he's someone you want at your footy club. He's, he's one that's gone through a bit with obviously all the concussions and everything. And to look at, look back on that and look to to him now, like. It was crazy to think in was it back in 2018 where he came third in the Brownlow, didn't he? Yeah. And invite, <laughs> yeah, was wearing on cotton couch. on gear and stuff, sitting <laughs> on his couch. And then to look at it now and just think like, you know, he you could see why he was a pick three back in the draft back in the draft with Petrarca. It's you know, it's completely shown. It's yeah, it, it's incredible to have him at the club and yeah, can't wait to see what you know what happens, you know, when, when Salem gets back and what happens for the rest of his career. I just want him to be a D for life and yeah, hopefully that continues. So, yeah, getting back to your question, I don't know. They'll make it work with Salem. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who will get left out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Hunt or Rivers might be one of the unlucky ones, but more likely Hunt, if not. Is there anybody that's regularly coming off the bench that's filling in those, that's rotating through those roles? I can't see that. So, yeah. I'm not sure. Let's leave that More to selection the issues. Selection like, panel. <laughs> just like how buddy Mitch Brown's kicking big bags in the VFL. You're like, he ain't getting the game in that that's, fourth line still, yeah. even if he's kicking huge bags. That's but, just called insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's an insurance Basically, policy. like Melsham now. Um, let's, let's talk about the forwards, mate. I think Ben Brown's become a bloody crummer. What's going on there? <laughs> Two crum, absolute ripping crumbing goals on the weekend, especially that one in the second. Mate, that was, that was, that was unreal. Playing out of his just, skin. Oh. Playing it just shows team. those little glimpses where you're like, you shouldn't be able to do that as a bloke that's two metres tall and as gangly yeah. as you are. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think that, I think it's, what, 13 game, thirteen goals from, wow, how many games? It's only, what, five Maybe out Brown, of the eight? You'd have to, yeah, maybe four, four or five six. out of the eight. So, 
I was looking at the list, you know, that talked about the duos and because you've got your Jeremy Cameron mm. and Tom Hawkins, you've got your Harry McKay and, and yeah, Charlie Curnow. Right. And, and I was looking, you know, we're, we're quite a way down with Fritter and, and Ben Brown, but it, it just goes to show that we're not dependent on just two forwards. We've got such a opponent minx up forward. And, and yeah, speaking of those, Tom McDonald as well too. Congratulations to the big man. 200 games, uh-huh. which kind of snuck up. Honestly, a little bit. I wouldn't have, uh, yeah, wouldn't have picked it. But yeah, drafted it, picked fifty three in two thousand and ten, and yeah, has been a loyal servant for the club. He's seen some pretty shitty times, and he's been one of those few players that has stuck through. He would have been, along with Maxi, one of the longest serving players the at OGs. the club. Yeah, one that's of the right. OGs. Yeah, so well done to him. I thought he played really well too, and he's had a rip a couple of weeks. We've been on well. I would say on his back. I I think we've just been having some fair it's discussion. It's just pressure because of Wiedemann. Yeah, that's the biggest that's right. thing. And you that's notice right. a bit more, I think, in that space as opposed to like, I mean, I mean you got you got Chandler and you've got Bedford sort of knocking on the door to, you know, your Spargos, your pickets and things. But mm. I suppose with such that, you know, what we have at our display with those key forwards, you think, it, you know, we're going to have a lot of eyes and, you know, years of what are happening, what's happening with, you know, Wiedemann and the twos or if it's Timmy, Tommy Mack and the twos, it's, an interesting one because I feel I strongly feel that Wiedman played a great game and he still you know got dropped for, for Luke Jackson obviously but yeah I suppose that's a that's one in itself and yeah it's one of those good problems to have isn't it? It certainly is and you think about the other players that hit the scoreboard I mean we had Trent Rivers kicked his first goal for <laughs> quite some time as well hit the scoreboard <laughs> uh, you know Fritter was able to get up there as well too which is nice but yeah, yeah Brayshaw as well too so what was that? Bailey Fritch had a stinker, one goal and four touches. He did, yeah, he did yeah. But at the same time, we've talked about how effective his disposals can be because he could have six touches and kick oh, three okay. goals some weeks. So it's yeah. just providing that presence, I think. And but I think Ben Brown, yeah, what a success story, and the fact that we've pumped him up a lot so far, but he really does straighten us up. And you know that I think we are a better side with him in it. Correct. Regardless of the T-Mac Weeds situation, I think Ben Brown is a walk-up start nine times out of ten, uh, you know, injury-free. Mm-hmm. He he has just been fantastic for this club. And, and, yeah, I'm sure he'd be feeling grateful for the opportunity, but far out. Not to say that North Melbourne's in the right, probably, uh, what's what's the word, right frame in terms of to have his services. He Probably right to offload him. What they mm-hmm. got for him was not going to get much, but... They're nowhere near the same level as what he is right now in terms of where he needs to be. It's 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 good that he had the chance to move on and far out to move, to walk into, you know, a club down the road and, and and get a flag, and then continue to have a great impact the following year. Who was potentially thought to be washed up and had a crook knee, is mm. yeah, is pretty outstanding. All right, Simo. Well, we've covered the things that we loved in the game, but now it's time to cover the things that we didn't love so much in our next segment. Pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. All right, mate. Well, the game was pretty much done at halftime. Third quarter, some things started to creep in. I think St Kilda's momentum started to push forward a little bit, and I thought that the Ds were a little bit sloppy in a couple of areas. 
our turnovers and our inside 50 entries, I thought, kind of, yeah, suffered a little bit. Even we lost our first quarter for the season, our first third quarter for the season. We, you mentioned earlier that St Kilda have won, what was it, six out of eight third quarters this season. So we know that they're a great side moving in that direction there. The Ds were able to generate 16 inside 50s that quarter. We were able to get plus six on top of the Saints, but we are only able to kick the one goal. So looking at that, not great reward for our effort. I thought that we were just bombing it in at times and Dougal Howard sort of had a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a moment where he was able to gobble up a few intercept marks. There was some kicking to outnumbered contests, which I thought was, yeah, a, li- a little bit lazy and a little bit sloppy at times. And then you looked at the turnovers now. St Kilda managed to score 41 points from our turnovers there, which I thought was, yeah, probably a little bit uncharacteristic for Melbourne. And for us to be turning over by foot occasionally as well too, which I thought was, yeah, not something that we're used to, but hey, we can't be perfect all the time. So finding little things to uh, to try and pick out there. Yeah, I trying to work out this segment. I was like, what am I actually pissed off about? And the only thing I could really think of is pretty much what you said, and that's the third quarter where, yeah, just basically just kicking to nothing. It's just one of those things where obviously we've seen that in the past where we've got no reward for entries. Countless times, you know, probably looking 2019, 2020, we'd have a huge number of inside 50s, but constantly we'd just go down the same trap, just kicking down the line to our bigs. But And at times, you know, constant outnumbers where, Again, Dougal Howe was just able to mop up and to have seven intercept mark, marks in the third quarter from 16 entries, that's, yeah, you know, that's you're lot. thinking, and we probably don't have the ball in Spargo's hands because usually he hits target. So, yeah, I think just, yeah, just little things and not much really else to think about other than probably Maxi Gorn's injury cloud, mate. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where obviously, you know, thank God he's right. Um, didn't look like much as to, you know, just... It's an interesting topic, actually, the, the Max Gorn injury. It's, a, you know, that knee-on-knee contact, you know, on the shin-on-shin. Scotty Penembury actually come out and said a lot about, you know, what they should do to combat that, and that's taking out the bounce, and that's just throwing it up straight away. Yeah. That way, the, you know, the, um, the, sorry, the Ruckman have actually got an exact idea as to where the footy is actually going to go, and they can be, manipulate their body um, perfectly to, to you know, judge that. I think we actually spoke about, you know, the umpire and, what potentially that could happen, you know, because they probably train bouncing, you know, probably an hour at least a week. You think that can go into, you know, other parts of the game. So it could be extra time to watch their vision and, you know, positioning, get the, <laughs> make the right call more often. But, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I think for one, if you're talking about the bounce, I think that would kind of eradicate any of those Max Gorn block free kicks that he always gets paid against him and he, like, just looks at it, th- well... In previous years, previous years would throw his arms up and being like, what, what, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Uh, can't do that now, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting interesting part. It's such a, I suppose, a huge part of the history of our game, the bounce, but the bounce, yeah, yeah. those sort of injuries. Just do it at the start. Do it at the start of the quarter. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. Similar, similar to basketball now. With, you know, there's a lot less jump balls now with the mm. possession hour and everything like that. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a worry in terms of when you saw that. But I think the fact that he played out the game was a promising sign. He sort of said he didn't think it's too bad. Now, he is one not to make a big deal about injuries. You think about the shoulder a couple of years ago where he it was actually pretty bad, but he sort of really played it down on TV. Uh, no, so he played it down early and then kind of in a post-game interview, one uh, 
yeah, one round after after a game he played, he sort of really gave the full extent of how bad it was. So, you know, he's not going to be somebody that's letting one sort of small injury you know, hamper him or he's not going to let it, you know, bring him down. But at the same time, he is on the older side of the boys on the list and we do want to make sure that, yeah, that we don't have anything bad happen to him. We look after him and we make sure that he's right before he gets back out on the field because he's such an important part He's the captain, as you mentioned. He will want to be out there. He's not going to be the sort of bloke that takes a week off just to have a rest for the sake of it. He won't want to do that. But at the same time, we have to think in the long run. This is a marathon season. We're looking into week nine. We're playing the bottom of the team, the bottom of the league next week in the West Coast. Over there, mind you, never an easy feat. But is this a good time potentially? Scans came back all clear. No structural damage, which is amazing. But do you rest him this week? against a West Coast side that does not have, I suppose, a decorated Ruckman lining up for him this week. What what do you think? Is this a potential good opportunity to give him a spell? I think I think having the one week's rest could be really good for him. I think, obviously, yeah, being you know, 30 years old now, it's or 31-ish, 30, 31, he, this could be beneficial because, yeah, obviously there was something you know, slight knock or whatever. And just to make sure it's completely right, I think giving him the insurance just to, you know, to look back from a different lens, I think it just, you know, make sure the boys are still, you know, doing the right things, you know, keeping the things upbeat, um, sticking to the structures, et cetera. And I think he'll be able to transfer and develop that leadership a little bit more, um, probably seeing it from a different lens. Um, could be good. It could also, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, you want your skipper out there sort of thing. You, you don't want to lose too much momentum as to, you know, what you're doing. Like pre-this pre, like, pre this week just gone, he's been by far, he's probably been probably the best player probably behind Paddy Cripps in the league. I reckon yeah. in the last four yeah. weeks, he's been tearing games apart, kicking snags from 50. Like he's, he actually had a chance. Sorry, that's something that I'm pissed off about. He didn't have a <laughs> shot. He passed it yes. off. <laughs> that, oh, that that yeah. hurt. Anthony um, Hudson, I think, was bleeding was more, more than you were. I think he was I the was one upset. that gave him a huge pump up. Uh, and then, yeah, he completely botched the, the knee. pass. Must have been the knee. Didn't want to. Well, and it. and I think looking back to it, it definitely was. Oh, yeah. I think so. It, mm. it would have been that for sure. But it, yeah, it didn't pull off that kick too. I think it was Petrarca leading in the pocket there. Loves that same sort of spot. But no, it's uh, yeah, interesting thing. We've got the backups there, as you mentioned earlier before, and I think bring Wiedemann, get him bring a game. yeah, give bring him a run, him. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that'll give play him, him give his him a look side. in. That'd be funny. Give him a look in. Oh, I guess his, yeah. What it stay through to the following week? How's how's the lineup there? Do you think? And again, fixturing. You can't forecast the future. You can't you can't predict what's going to happen with these teams. But to be eight and zero, and then to have. West Coast and then North Melbourne. It's a pretty nice run for the first half of the final, first half of the season. Do you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny how he's had the fixture in because you know how we're meant to be at the year of the D's thing at the, at the Dorset. Yeah, yeah. Um, come this Friday night. It's funny because like originally they scheduled it for you know obviously the Friday you got Petrarca and Bourne coming. Yeah. Had to reschedule because we're playing in Perth on a Saturday. So therefore, that's so they have to fly up on the Friday afternoon. Are we playing on Saturday? So we're playing on Saturday. I thought we're playing Friday. Sorry, Sunday. I think we're playing on Saturday. Well, it's Sunday at five ten. Am I? Am I completely wrong here? Sunday at five twenty. Sorry. There you go. Oh wow. Well, I'm wrong. 
So what the hell? <laughs> Why are they flying up early? Why can't yeah, we see the boys? I don't know. That's well, I'm right. pissed off. We'll get I'm back. <laughs> There's one more thing that you're pissed off about that you chucked in. I'm going to let you Zach talk Jones. about. It. Zach Jones. Um, I don't know. Like a little bit of a pighead like move. I don't know. Like a couple little, couple little sneaky little hits. I mean, obviously there wasn't much in it at all. Well, I mean, the tunnel well, in Langdon. I the tunnel was in Langdon. Uh, but I suppose the you know the the carry on and stuff. It would have been interesting to hear what Zach Jones was actually saying to Clary after he. Almost looked like he karate chopped him. <laughs> then he went down like a bag of shit, Clary. But yeah. <laughs> to see Maisie just line him up and then that Clary kind of had a chance, but he kind of half went at it and then they kicked a goal. So probably should have gone the footy more. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, Zach Jones, pig head. First game back as well, too, oh, for him, too, for the season. Oh, mate, nowhere he stands is. Like, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, that's it. It was great to see the boys get around each other. They were looking after each other as well too. With Maisie, just the perfect, you know, line drive on on Jones after that. After those incidents, there was four of us up at him, and then the St Kilda bike yeah. was just lagging behind. Nowhere, like, nowhere to be seen, St Kilda. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm not pissed off about Pop in <laughs> delightful display. Yes. My one vote goes to Cozzy Pickett. Cozzy Pickett, <laughs> awesome game. Um, completely deserved it. Hit the scoreboard. Was exceptional to see. First quarter, exceptional. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Just quick note. I'm definitely recording that, and that's our... That's our new like leading to this segment. Like, what what a, what an amazing little intro that you've done there. Thanks, Simo. Uh, yeah, yeah look, welcome. honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna copy you right there because I've got one vote for Cosy as well. I just think the way that he started the game. I think his first quarter set the tone. Set the tone. Yeah, thank. <laughs> Taking the words Stole out your of my words. Mouth. That's yeah, it. Stole nah, your hundred percent. He did, and yeah, it's uh, it's great to see him get some reward on the scoreboard. We know how good he is around the contest, but yeah, what a yeah. What an amazing game as well, too. Yeah, awesome. Uh, two votes goes to Tommy Sparrow. Uh, Tom Sparrow, 23 touches. He is developing a nice game. He is our second Viney. And I think just the, his impact he has now around the stoppage, around the ground is exceptional. And he's got, you know, that booming right foot. And again, to come off, you know, from health and safety protocols and the play like did, it's a true testimony to his development. Definitely. Definitely love Spaz. All right, my two votes. It's very hard to split this one, but I think I have to give it to the two boys uh, in terms of I think Langdon gets my two votes. It was very hard between him and the third vote getter, but I just think the fact that he was able to bounce back from that performance last week and he was played really well last week from a really smart coach and the tactics that were him not allowing to get on the outside at all. And it was interesting to see that the vision that you know Sam Mitchell was allowing to have the inside of the ground but never the outside and really limit his uncontested possession. The fact that Ratton didn't take anything from that and was allowing him to get off the chain and have 39 touches and, yeah, like almost, what, 560-odd metres gained and knowing that he's good for a goal game as well too, I thought was an interesting coaching move. So, yeah, two votes to Langdon. 
I've actually just had a little bit of a change there because you've already get so you've taken Langdon and I'm going to do a complete backflip and and not take Langdon for three votes, but it's going to be Gussie Brayshaw. I think he just deserves a kudos for what he's doing. Um, we've touched on it enough. Um, yeah, Gus Brayshaw. Yeah, and I'm right back at you with the is uh, I just think that his impact certainly from the gap, like you had some outstanding contributors to the game. Our midfield was led as usual as well too, but I just think that Gus's game is just elevated to new heights and, yeah, loved what he's doing and can't wait to see more of that once he signs on as well too. Love it. Great week. I hopefully enjoyed the intro. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I bet you have fans did as well too. No, I might not. even make a new ringtone. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> All right, Simo, well, we are the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, and we would not be here without our loyal listeners, and it's time to hear their thoughts in our next segment, Fugazi. People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fugazi, it's woozy, it's wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, talking points from our 35-38 point victory yeah. against the Saints on Sunday afternoon, Mother's Day. We're looking at, yeah, the things that stood out for our fans. First one comes from loyal listener Heath Tudor. said, I definitely got the feeling that they cranked the intensity up, playing to the level of the opposition, wanting to send a statement against a better opposition than they've been playing. And I think that comes down to our first starts, you know, our fast start that we had as well too. Oliver, Petrarca, Langdon, May, Petty all had great games, but Gus would have to be lucky not to, uh, sorry, would still not to be best on ground, I think. His efforts were outstanding, given our uh, votes. I'd say that's pretty clear as well too, hey, Simo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do teams now really start looking at tagging Langdon or at least putting some work into him? And there was a couple of follow-up comments about the previous week. And yeah, obviously there's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's happened before, but interesting that as I was highlighting just just a moment ago that it, that Rutten didn't uh, decide to do that. It's interesting because I feel like obviously with Lane and Jordan, we completely own the outside of the contest. So yeah, Hawthorne did that really well. Next one comes in from John Ward. Uh, Harrison Petty has quickly developed into an elite defender. The conversation has shifted to how teams get past May, Lieber, and Petty. Ooh, I love that one. Yeah. I think Petty's way to drop off and intercept. I think he was the perfect the perfect inclusion to to combat Max King and what he was doing. And obviously, he's got that you know real high high leap and extend. And I think Petty's got the exact same thing. And I think you know the more he develops a bit, I think he you know can go toe to toe with those you know more athletic forwards. But then you know, he just sits in perfectly with what Lever and May are doing. And, you know, the more games he gets, the better it will be. That's it. And I think his strength has been really impressive as well, too. Just his ability to be able to win contests and take huge contested grabs as well. You mentioned just earlier, a moment ago, about, yeah, probably judging the right times when to spoil and when to mark. But his ability to be able to take a strong intercept mark, I think, Given that his first game back, you know, remember that first that first intercept mark, probably his second position of the game. Yeah, it was it was fantastic, and yeah, he's going to be a very good player for a very long time. And it probably also talking about selection as well. It kind of brings into the conversation where Sean, uh, where um, Joel Smith sits as well too. So some interesting work and for Tom the Winston as well. yeah. And Tom <laughs> oh, well, 
He was a fire when Tomo went down, Petty became a player. So I think given where we've been at this year and going slightly off topic, just before we get to the next point, I don't think Tomo is making it back into the side without injury this year. I don't know. That's that's, that's what, yeah, it's, it's harsh, but don't you think? Like the way that we're all set up at the moment, if we're healthy, I don't think he's back in. I don't think, I think they've, I think they're set on, on the structures that they have. And I think Petty's in that best side. Smith, I'm not sure where he's quite fitting. They love him for some matchups, so but he, I think he's a weak bar. Yeah, I'd say Smith has more X factor than what Tomlinson yeah. does. I think he's I a weak bar week. can play on both. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, matchup yeah. wise. So, all right, last one. Last one comes from Simon C, loyal listener as well, too. He says, hard to believe that some media took solace from Watson Kilda and the way that they played. From where I saw it, we had them covered all day and were never really challenged. Watch out when we drop a couple of gears and really start firing. And yeah, I think you spot on the mark there. Again, we've been able to get through to this stage without playing probably four full quarters of football. And we've been probably coasting. The Giants game, I reckon. Probably the Giants game is probably the game where we played four quarters. Closest to, yeah. Closest so, to, I'd say. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't say challenge, but I think St Kilda certainly responded in that third quarter. I and mean, that's a mixture of us dropping back and St Kilda probably changing the way they did things slightly. I think even the move, like Brad Hill has been playing half forward a lot of this season and has found some success back there. Like in, it's been highly publicised about how much he's been getting paid and the underperformance of him in previous in previous years as well at St Kilda and not being yeah not being very good with the disposal of the ball but his move at half back and I think Melbourne it's probably something that you look at Caleb Daniel's history part Walking not going not including the grand final but I think yeah we've had damaging halfbacks that have been able to rack up a bit of the ball and i still think that at times st kilda were able to pinpoint their way through our zone probably a little bit mm. too easily on the weekend and it's not st kilda's not the only side to do it. like hawthorne were able to do that as well too so little things that need tightening there i don't think we're we're, we're certainly not running at full capacity that's for sure uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit we understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing but we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. Oh, mate, here we go. Round nine. Timmy tight ass. It is time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Timmy tight ass. And we are coming up against West Coast. Uh, unfortunately, similar to a waffle side. Uh, West Coast, 5.10, Sunday afternoon at our happy hunting ground, which is the Optus Stadium. Mate, last time we were there, something amazing happened, which you know has changed our lives for you know footy footy viewing forever. It's it's almost like a sacred ground for us now. It it's, is. It's uh, it's a place we want to play at now. It's it's a place where we don't want to play a grand final again because we want to see it in the flesh. Um, but West Coast is struggling, and to be <laughs> honest, it's West Coast is struggling. Headlines. <laughs> well, could you could you have a club that's in more of strife? Disarray. I mean, disarray. There's there's things just going left, right, and center that's wrong, and yeah. it's it's a hard one. It's it's one where look, you can look at it through you know, more of an arrogant approach, where you'd be like, oh yeah, we're gonna smash these blokes, but you know, let's let's just put step that back a notch and say, well, let's just respect who we're versing and just just play our brand of footy and. The result that will take care of itself. I think it'll be it'd be nice to get some you know some reward and 
as long as the players are, you know, still playing the way we want to play rather than, you know, just having pot shots left, right and centre, which is happening against Richmond. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice for us to, yeah, collectively shut up those oh, dreaded supporters over there. I think they're disgusting. I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. And thank you for uh, talking off here because uh, going to your house to watch the grand game, it'll be... Um, yeah. It'd be nice on Sunday, Sunday night, and yeah, have some have some nice grub and stuff, and yeah, no, it'd be good, mate. What are your What are your think thoughts coming into this game? It's you know, it's, it's a side of them. Well, you know, wait, no, one and seven. It's a yeah, interesting clash. It's it is. I feel I don't know. Oh, look, I don't feel for the club. I don't feel for probably like the players that they have. I think yeah, they've got their own issues going on. I think the fact that some players even defied club direction not to go to a nightclub mm. and they've gone and chosen to do Dixon. that. Sorry. Look at Huge Dixon. Mate, 20, 22 available players and he, he, a top-up player got selected ahead of him. That's, yeah. Uh, that's pretty interesting. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on over there. I think Melbourne hopefully just need to rock up and, and just, yeah, get, get the job done. It'd be nice to probably pump up a little bit of... Uh, bit of the percentage i think where there's a couple of teams in the 150s where we're not quite there at the moment yet so i think it'd be nice to be able to to get to that stage now without sounding you know without being arrogant or anything like that i think that that'd just be the uh yeah that'd be something nice just to kind of yeah reminisce a little bit about what happened in september last year and then just completely roll over and get them done i still think as we were mentioning before, I still think it's a good opportunity for Maxi probably to have a bit of a break to give, you know, whether it's sore or not, structural structural damage or not, give his knee just a week off just to rest. I think you're almost looking at the halfway point of the season just beyond, just before that. And I think, yeah, if, if ever was an opportunity to arise, take it. Mm. Just given the fact that, yeah, we want him fit and firing as much as possible uh, later in the season. So, now, look, I can't say much. I, I honestly, I don't care. <laughs> Does it sound bad? Like, like, I'm looking forward to watching the game. It's going to be probably a bit of a snooze fest. I mean, how many people are actually going to tune in Sunday night? Probably the fact that it's a Sunday night. It's the last game of the round. Sunday, there's nothing else on TV. People might... And there'll ch- be a lot in. of super coaches interested in see what happens with Max Gordon. He's in half the sides. He's in 50% of the sides. And if they right. see him go out late withdrawal, they will be absolutely gutted because you imagine that. Imagine having to choose, like, trade him and then bring in the West Coast Ruckman, which could be, like, Hugh Dixon, if that, or, you know, like, that's, that's well, yeah, if you want to be really technical, I think you've hit the <laughs> nail on the head. Who who did West Coast beat this year? West Coast beats, uh, they beat Collingwood. They beat Collingwood at Marvel. It was Collingwood. I'm trying so, to find the stats. That's... <laughs> And yeah. I've been unable yeah, to be find it because I'm, yeah. And they lost to North Melbourne when that was just when the COVID hit pretty yeah. bad. I think yeah. they'd lost you know, eight or nine players or something. So, um, yeah, this one's, I just want to rub it into West Coast, to be honest, yeah. I think. No, it's just time for you and me to bloody sit you, back and enjoy it. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a beer. Have a um, <laughs> but I think one thing too, I kind of, you know, just this time, like, I think we just we constantly. I feel like we constantly still owe West Coast. I mean, you got that 2018 prelim sort of sitting in the back there, and yeah. just what they did to us on that day. It's just you know just wanting just to rub a little bit of salt in the wounds. Be good to see, 
And as well as like, you know, when Luke Ryan, sorry, Luke Ryan, Liam Ryan took that big hanger on Max Gorn and then, you know, you saw players rub Max Gorn's head. Jack Darling, but an absolute. Oh, he's an absolute peasant. Um, you know, just, just little things like that's makes me dislike West Coast. And yeah, yeah it'd be oh, good to, it'd be good to give him a bit of a pacing. I think yeah. we probably win this one. We win this one comfortably. You'd think, um, it's hard to put a prediction on it. I think you and I are probably just thinking here, like four points, just get us <laughs> four points, but then, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's, oh, no, let's, let's go eight goals. You know, let, let's, let's, eight let's goals, it to eight goals. I, I, I think so. I think it's got to be. The you think that they're going to respond? Yeah, they've got to have some sort of response. I mean, you know, they're going to have players coming in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, you know how many players are actually going to be available for them, who's coming back, etc. I mean, look, I'd honestly probably similar to the Giants' win. I reckon I'd be pretty happy with um, yeah. around that ballpark just to yeah get a bit of you know bit of confidence in the in the in the in the minds and everything. Obviously, I mean, I mean, you can be pretty confident being eight and zero, but. I think just more so, you know, filling your boots a little bit would be good too and, you know, a bit of reward. And it'd be nice to uh, to have a bit of a multi where I've got a fair few D's players in there <laughs> kicking snags. Even might have to put Stevie May for one. He might sneak Ooh, forth and kick one. Yeah, that'd, that'd, yeah, that'd raise it a bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. we can't yeah. even choose him. That's how, that's how foreign <laughs> it'd be for them to be there. there. But, um, yeah, no, still looking forward to it. We're good to have a beer and with you. It'll be yeah, you Definitely. should tell, what are you gonna cook up? What are you what are you what are you planning? Oh well about the fact that we Barbie or what are we talking? Yeah, it could go Barbie, could get the well I think last time we came around we got the pizza oven going, so maybe we try oh, something that different was exceptional. the pizza. It was. I haven't followed it up for a while, so maybe maybe it could be a good reason to do that. I haven't checked the weather. Oh yeah. Got uh yeah, got plenty of, of uh firewood sitting in the in the woodshed. So it could Sounds certainly good do that. Could be a good mm-hmm. opportunity for that. Yeah, don't know. I'm gonna keep you guessing. Mexican's always a good option, I think. Mexican fiesta. I actually had that. Last, I had that tonight. We uh, yeah. smashed out some enchiladas, which is yeah. good. Very good. Yeah, we're uh, still on HelloFresh, which has been good so far in terms of not being able to have to go to the shops, but still, this uh, this whole <laughs> this whole putting your kid to bed and then cooking and cleaning and then that's you know done is is uh, yeah, we're both. It's uh, it's our life, and it's a lot of people's lives. <laughs> We're just, yeah, just trying to find the best way to do it to save enough time. So there you go. This changed a lot, didn't it? This topic changed as has changed it a lot. Very, very. <laughs> I didn't know it was the Tim and Simo podcast. Oh, well, podcast. mate, you asked me what I was cooking you for dinner. So that's fair. All right, last changes. Do you think is Weed coming in for Gorn? Is Gorn having the week off? I think I think Weed does come in yeah. as that replacement. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it'll be interesting to see who travels. Imagine if Mitch Brown comes in as a as a sneaky sort of, you know, ruckman, left to center. No, he wouldn't play in the ruck. He'll be yeah. probably Tom McDonald second second fiddle to to uh, Luke Jackson, which he which he did actually 20, 2019 yeah. for parts. Um, yeah. Wouldn't say he was amazing at it, but you know, still hard to contest him with. West Coast Rucks situation, it's probably going to be fine anyway. So yeah. I think Wiedemann, um, I think Wiedemann with his role when Jackson was out the other week, I think he's he's more than you know he's more than yeah, shown his ability there, I think. to yeah. do that to fill that role. So I think that's almost a certainty if that situation arises. So yeah, no, I think that's I, I can't say anything else, mate. I think that's the only one that we really need to be thinking about. And <laughs> unfortunately, Toby Bedford, um, well, he's been the sub. Uh, seven out of eight rounds. He finally got a gig against Hawthorne, played all yeah. right. Yeah, had the nine touches, two goals, and then 
Unfortunately, the pool bug is going to be back at the start of their story. I can take it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, good problem to have, as they say. Simo, well, that's it. Another week done. Sorry we're a little bit late. Mother's Day probably threw us off a little bit this week. It's, it's yeah, hard if we don't get in on a Sunday. We've both got Basketball Monday. You've got Footy Tuesday. It's very hard to try and pump up uh, an episode beforehand. So hopefully, yeah, we'll get this out tonight and, and people can have a bit of a listen. We've got a Sunday evening game. So that gives it still gives people a few days to, uh, to have a sneaky listen. A couple of things going on. I'm currently, uh, what are we, the 11th of May. So I've started this month in May running for a cause in terms of, so the May for 50, sorry, let me start that again. (laughs) 50K in May for MS. So for those of you uh, who don't know, so MS is something that's really uh, important to my family. So my mum's had it for over 30 years. And yeah, there's a great sort of fundraising achievement at the moment where yeah you've got to run 50 kilometers in may so i'm slowly getting away at that i've got 27 kilometers to go and i've just so far raised about just a tick over 1100 dollars already so i'd set out to raise 500 dollars. i got over a thousand dollars in my first week which i was pretty yeah pretty thrown back by and, and yeah really grateful there's a few people a couple people from the uh, podcast family that have that have donated which i'm super grateful for so I'm slowly getting away at that. I'm going to continue to tick that up, and I'll, I'll keep chucking the posts up on the uh, on the podcast page as well on Instagram and Facebook. So thank you to those people that have thrown me a, a message of support or even chucked us a dollar here and there. Uh, I'll continue to put the link up there. If you feel like you can spare a dollar, I know that times are tough at the moment and inflation is an absolute bitch, but if you can spare a dollar, uh, you know, skip a coffee this weekend or a beer and, and throw that towards a good cause, that would be amazing. We've welcomed our brand new sponsor, Valley Electrical Group, which is a really exciting announcement. There's been a lot going on. We've had that. We've had our 50th episode last week with Caden McDonald, which was really great. We had an awesome time chatting to him and had some great feedback and responses from that. So that's been amazing. And far out, Simo, is there anything else? I mean, I feel like with you and me getting just back into the swing of things of teaching, it's been fucking full on. <laughs> we're sort of we're keeping we're keeping a float here at the moment, but we're still managing yes. to do this and and get around that. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's about. It. Is there anything else going on in your life you want to share? The Tim and Simo <laughs> podcast. Oh, no, you're just having your special Timmy time. Cool. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't really wait mate. for the theme song for that too, mate. Oh, oh well, if, if we want to be, you know, if we want to be really honest, it'd be nice to, um, you know, obviously Melbourne being eight and zero, it'd be nice to get some wins in my own local footy sitting one and three. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get some reward there as opposed to just, I suppose, my weekend getting made if I lose and Melbourne wins sort of even it up a little bit. So, yeah, it'd be nice to, uh, to be on it up, um, you know, twice on the weekend rather than once. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. And anyone else out there that's, uh, yeah, looking for a footy game to go watch, uh, Upway Footy Club, go watch uh, Simo kick some snaggers. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you again to all of our listeners. Don't forget you can subscribe, review, rate us on all your favourite podcast platforms. You can shoot us an email at attentiontodetailpod at gmail.com. Big thanks to our sponsors, Hop Hen Brewing, Valley Electrical Group. Simo, thanks again. Hopefully you're resting up. And, yeah, looking after yourself, getting through to the end of the week as we all are. And 
yeah, I'll see you on Sunday. I'll have to. You've put the pressure on now. Got to try and cook up a feast, whatever it is that you you and I are going to come around for. But yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll delve into that next week about what you might be able to do a uh, yeah a breakdown of course by course what I served you. I'll have to. I'll have to. <laughs> I have to give a run share as well, timeline yeah. and everything. Best yeah. on who was best on. Well, I'm best on at my Which house. pizza was best on? Oh, yeah. could be, yeah. oh, so I'm cooking pizza now. Oh, yeah. which ingredient? I don't know. You're the cook, mate. Yeah, no, we'll sort it out. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, most importantly, go the D's. Up the D's. <laughs> <laughs>